Hello, welcome back to Sometimes in Shambles. I am Melissa Kruger, and I'm back. The last episode that I put out, I think, was in April, and it is now October 31st, Halloween. And yeah, it's been a while. I have been super, super busy. I've been a contestant on America's Next Top Podcaster that hopefully you've seen on my social media Go check that out and listen to me create a bunch of different types of podcasts. Um, You can find it on Apple Podcasts and I think anywhere else. Um, I got a new job. I have been working extremely hard on my mental health. I have some merch up on my website, so go check that out. Yeah, those are all the announcements, I think. So the reason I took a break back in April was because I felt like I was not fully invested. I felt like I was forcing myself to make episodes and it wasn't fun for me anymore. So I took a break and then I started the competition and things just got crazy. And now I am back. I feel like I have time to do this now and I'm excited to do it. So let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is about things that have helped me improve my mental health and things that I've been trying during the break. Back in April, I started listening to a podcast called You Are Worthy of Love. I will read her bio about what the podcast is about because I highly recommend it, especially if you're single and you're looking for a partner or a healthy relationship. Here is her bio. Author, love coach, Reiki master, and former matchmaker, Rishma Petralia is on a mission to help women all around the world discover their worth, self-love, and value. In her podcast, You Are Worthy of Love, Rishma shares her stories and spiritual wisdom about heartbreak, dating, love, and relationships. In this podcast, you will feel like you have a cheerleader and friend to support you on your journey to attract unconditional love. Listening to her podcast helped me through some stuff earlier this year that I was going through and it also gave me a lot of things to try and implement into my everyday life. So I'll be talking about some of that stuff throughout this episode. So the first thing that I am going to recommend you try is a night routine. My therapist recommended that I try this And I would try it a little bit here and there. And then after listening to You Are Worthy of Love, she also talked about it and I decided to actually try it. So I'm going to go through my night routine and things that I've tried and done for it. So I suggest that you try to do all things on your phone before you begin your routine. I usually try to watch TV or Instagram or freelance work or anything like that earlier in my night because I've noticed that, especially freelance work, if I'm on my computer doing something right before bed, I cannot go to sleep. And I believe that it is directly related to the fact that I was on my computer. When I am pretty much ready to go to bed, I shower, brush my teeth, do my face routine, And then while my hair is towel drying, um, sometimes this is where I'll do any last minute technology things on my phone. 
um, or finish up freelance work or something like that. Then I go into the rest of my night routine, dry my hair, take my contacts out, get water, do all of those last minute things. Then I start the oil infuser. I use eucalyptus. That's the primary oil that I use because I bought the lilac and lilac. No, I bought the lavender and it gave me nightmares, like instant nightmares that night. So I stopped using that one and I only use eucalyptus and there's a bunch of other ones that people on Instagram have recommended to me that I am going to try. So turn on the oil infuser, let that run. I run it all night. It has an auto turn off when it runs out of water and I just got that from Target. Then I go into my meditation. I have an app called Headspace. This is where I would give you a promo code if I was famous enough for that. Um, But it's very affordable. I think it's like $5 to $15 a month. I don't really remember. But I use that app for my meditation. If I am having a lot of anxiety that night, then sometimes I'll do two sessions. But they have a lot of... If if you're not familiar with the app, they have a lot of different... um, courses or whatever they're called. So they have one for anxiety. They have one for anger, um, depression or sadness, I think is what they call it. Um, they have, they have all sorts of different ones and then they have sleep music and sleep podcasts to help you fall asleep. And they also have time limits on them. So any, so let's say I do an anxiety meditation it will give me options for like a 10 minute, 15 minute, 20 minute meditation and select that, press play, and you're good to go. Some people don't do meditation at night because it kind of does relax you a lot. So you might be falling asleep, but I'm not a morning person. So I will not give myself the time to do it in the morning. So if I'm super anxious, then I will do maybe two sessions, um, if I want like an anxiety one and just a normal meditation one. But that usually really calms my mind before sleep. The rest of the stuff that I'm going to mention are things that I don't do consistently, but they have helped me with sleep before. So one of them is writing down and reciting the good things that happened that day. My therapist recommended this one to me. I struggle with having a lot of racing thoughts before bed, especially if I'm going through something, um, something that has triggered me or I'm just in a, a anxious, having an anxious episode. I can't stop fixating on something and going through all these different scenarios in my head of what will happen or what can happen. So my therapist recommended just saying in my head every good thing that I could think of that happened that day. So for example, something for me, I'm on vacation right now. Um, so not today, but on a normal day, I would say something like, I woke up. I woke up in a bed. I woke up in an apartment. I had running water to brush my teeth. 
I wasn't late to work. I didn't get in a car crash. The weather is really nice today. I didn't have to scrape snow off of my car. I didn't have any meetings today. And just going through and listing every single simple thing that you see as a positive. And that really helps you just focus on positive things and it distracts you from thinking about the negative things or fixating on something else. Another thing is manifesting. This is one of the things that I got from Rishma's podcast. It was episode 11 and it's specifically about manifesting relationships, but it can work with anything. And I have only done this one single time and I just listened to Rishma's episode and followed what she said in there. Um, But I am wanting to research more about manifesting and do it a lot more, especially with relationships, because I'm really struggling with that right now. Romantic relationships, I mean. But I've heard from a lot of people that manifesting works. And in my opinion, my initial thoughts about manifesting, wow, about manifesting is it's this kind of, it's just like, Sending positive vibes to the universe and truly believing what you're saying. And the opposite side of that would be like, if you truly believe that you are never going to do something, then you really will never do that because you already believe that you're not going to do it. So manifesting is turning that into a positive and saying or making yourself believe that something is going to happen, something good is going to happen, and you just specify it, but something good is going to happen, and then you truly believe it, and then in theory, it happens. So I'm wanting to get into that a lot more, but like I said, I've only tried it one time. And then the last thing I want to talk about is CBD oil or gummies. I was taking one every single night because it would help me sleep. And then I stopped taking them because I was like, okay, well, I'm doing all these other things that are helping me. But then I couldn't sleep again. Like it went in just waves. Then I had like a month that I couldn't sleep. So I started taking it again. And then I actually upped it up to two CBD gummies And that seemed to help me. I have a friend that takes three a night. So just do whatever works for you. But I am a huge believer in CBD oil and gummies. I really think that it helps with anxiety. And I don't have a lot of recommendations for the brands. I tried Knot Pot and I didn't really love it. I think it helped, but it just didn't help as much as others have. And currently I just get it from a local place called Coudegrass. Coudegrass? I think it's Coudegrass. I think they have one in Salt Lake and one in Sandy. I'm sure they have other locations, but that's where I get my gummies from. Oh, and one last thing. I try to read before bed because I think that that helps my mind calm also. So if I'm not meditating or manifesting and or like don't really want to do that stuff, then I will just read until I'm tired enough to go to sleep. 
Now the morning routine. I'm really bad at a morning routine, so I can only give suggestions because I don't really have one. In theory, if I was a morning person, I would get up and work out, and then I would listen to or read a motivational book, and that's how I would start my day. That's not how I start my day. I just get up and get ready and go to work. But try to listen to something uplifting or something that you enjoy. So if it's a podcast, it doesn't have to be uplifting. Maybe you just like true crime podcasts and that's what you listen to in the morning. Um, And then another tip is do not look at your phone right away in the mornings. This is actually something that I try to do and it helps me a lot. I used to immediately look at my phone and all my notifications in the morning and it sucked because especially with the podcast competition, it would stress me out so much because a lot of people that I worked with are on the East Coast, so they wake up like two hours before me. So I would wake up to like 40 notifications about that week's challenge and it just really, really stressed me out. And sometimes I would just like immediately go into anxiety and then have anxiety the whole morning and it really derailed my mental health. So I suggest that you wake up, go shower, go start getting ready without looking at your phone. And then later in the morning is when you can look at those notifications and deal with what you need to deal with. But I just think you need to wake up and get your morning started on a good note before you dive into the notifications that might give you anxiety or notifications that you just don't want to see or your dopamine levels, you're expecting something and then you don't get it. That's probably the best tip that I can give you for morning routine. The next tip that I can give you for helping your mental health is sitting with your feelings and just feeling your emotions. I cannot stress this enough. Here are some things that I've learned or done differently and changed during my time away from podcasting. So one, don't be afraid to feel what you're feeling. Earlier this year, I was super, super depressed for about a week and I didn't eat. I cried almost every hour of every day that I was alone. But instead of fighting that and ignoring what it was that was making me depressed, I just let it happen and I sat with it. I let the thoughts come. I dealt with them. And if I had fought it, which I have done in the past, the thing I was going through would have taken me so much longer to get over with and deal with. So I just dealt with them right when they came and I just needed those four or five days that I was going through it to get through it. And then I felt so much better after that rather than just pushing it down and ignoring it and then taking months to deal with it. I just did it in four days and I know it's hard and I know it's painful and I know it sucks, but you need to let yourself feel those things and go through it. Number two, kind of on that same note, in a different light, let yourself think things or just don't judge yourself. So if you start getting angry that a thought comes up in your head, 
and you're like, no, I don't want to think about this right now. Don't judge yourself for thinking that. Just let yourself think it and let it pass through you. Don't force it away. Number three, take your time to feel them. Take the time that you need. So during that specific week, I worked from home three out of five of the days, which I don't do unless I am like super sick or something. But this classified as sick, like I was super depressed. And it was really hard for me to ask my managers for that time off. Like, the, And it wasn't time off because I was still working from home, but it It's really scary to ask your boss to work from home for three days when you don't really have a reason that you want to share. So I just told him I wasn't feeling well or I don't really remember what I did, but they let me and they were, they were understanding and they asked if they could do anything to help me, but just really try to take the time that you need Um, I know not everyone can work from home. And so if you're struggling with something, you don't have that luxury, but maybe you can ask to take the day off and make it up next week. Or I don't know. (laughs) I don't have any advice if you are unable to work from home or take the day off because it's really, it's really hard to go through something and have to go to work. Like the Two days that I did go to work, I was in the bathroom crying. So I don't have advice for that because <laughs> I know that it's really, really hard. But I think that you just need to realize that you need a moment and you need to take that moment. The fourth thing that's the opposite of that is. If you can't, if you're unable to take the day off or work from home or take that time, then get through the day. Do what you need to do and then cry afterwards. I had during, I think it was right before this week that this specific week that I'm talking about happened. I had a photo shoot the day that it was a breakup. I don't know why I'm like beating around the bush and not even saying anything, but it was a breakup that happened. So that day, or I guess the next day after the breakup, I had a photo shoot. And for the record, relationships and breakups are huge triggers for me. I think you guys know that from my first episode, my depression episode, that breakup was what led to me being diagnosed with depression. So it's pretty safe to say that I don't deal with breakups very well. So the next day after this this breakup, I had a photo shoot with a friend and I really didn't want to go, but I also didn't want to be alone. And I so I went to the photo shoot. I was holding back tears the whole time and it really, really sucked, but I got through it and then I just went home and cried. And got through it. What I'm trying to say is if you have something you need to do, then do it and cry later about it. But also, if you can cancel it or take the time, then take the time. 
Um, and then I think we're on number five, write in a journal. I really think it's therapeutic for people. It's therapeutic for me. I just write everything down. Sometimes I feel like I'm really annoying my friends saying the same thing over and over, especially after a breakup. You can get in this pattern of just, you're, you're just pitying yourself, I guess. I don't know. But if you feel like you just need to get things out, then just journal it. You can say things over and over and over. You can yell at people and no one else is going to read it. So it's very therapeutic, especially if you're like me and you fixate on little tiny things. If someone read my journal, it would be so annoying because I just say the same things over and over and over until I feel like I actually got it out correctly. The next thing, number six, talk to people. I went through waves where I would talk to no one but my therapist because I didn't want opinions from other people making me feel like I had made a wrong decision or I didn't want them swaying my opinion. And sometimes that can be beneficial. But also, sometimes you need to get another point of view and get someone's opinion that's looking at it from an outside perspective. Like my therapist was really good to talk to her because she didn't know the guy and she was very neutral about everything. But if I talk to my friends, they can give a different kind of perspective because they know him or I've told them more things than my therapist. So it's good to talk to people and don't you don't need to overshare. Just maybe there's one specific thing you're struggling about. Just text them that one specific thing or tell them that one specific thing. It's I think it's just about finding the balance of reaching out for help and not being like whiny or self-pitying. I think that's important. The next thing, seven, I think we're on number seven, mantras. I've started to create mantras in situations. So with dating, huge trigger for me, as you know, I really struggle with relationships. Usually when I start dating a guy, he completely consumes my life to the point where I won't make plans on the weekend because what if he asks me to hang out? Like it's horrible. And that that did not happen in my last, this last relationship. But before that, that's how much it would consume me. And it was horrible. And it was taking up so much energy in my mental health capacity, like doing that. So one thing that I changed in this last relationship was mantras. And the mantra that I used was he's just a piece of the pie. And what I mean by that is like dating him, I had <clears throat> I had my life and then I was dating him as well. So he was just a part of my life. He wasn't my life. So it was really important to keep doing the things that I would do if he wasn't in my life. And then it's like an extra bonus that I get to go spend time with him on the weekend 
or we get to go to this gala together. It was just like an extra thing on top of my life that already existed. So to keep that in mind, I would say he's just a piece of the pie. He's just a piece of my pie that is life. (laughs) Hopefully that makes sense. So mantras can be anything you want it to be. That was a mantra that me and my therapist came up with. But it seriously can be anything. I decided to add one more because I think this is super important. I think it's important that you take time to celebrate yourself. Sometimes you get in situations where you're really in a negative headspace and you didn't accomplish something that you wanted to or you're just really frustrated or you're disappointed in yourself and it's really hard to find a positive in that. But I think that it's important to take the time to find that positive. Find something that you're proud of in that moment. Find some reason to celebrate yourself. For me, I'm constantly thinking about what's next. I started my podcast, I immediately wanted to write a book. And I just needed to take a moment and celebrate that I started a podcast. I started a mental health podcast that helps people and spreads the word about mental health. And that's something to celebrate. I don't need to just move on to the next thing and think about, okay, now I'm going to write this book about this thing. And that's the same with everything. As soon as I graduated with my math degree, I immediately was like, okay, what is next? But I graduated with a math degree. Like that's something to celebrate. And I need to just take that time to recognize the victories that I have in my life. And I think it's super important that everybody does that. It's so easy to just move on to the next thing. A thing that just happened, I got an amazing, amazing job offer. I had only been at my current job for nine, 10 months. And then I got this opportunity and it almost doubled my salary. And it was so, it was so amazing I took the offer. Like I said, I got a new job and in therapy the week after I accepted the offer, she said to me, she was like, do you know where we were at a year ago? And a year ago I was unemployed. I was asking my mom for money. I was super, super depressed and felt like a failure because I had two degrees and was working retail at a mall I felt like such a failure to myself it was such a low point in my life and fast forward to a year I'm making so much more money than I thought I would be making right now and that's so amazing it's so amazing to look back and see how far I've come in just one year So I recommend that you do that. Look at where you were a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, and just see how far you've come, whether that's in your mental health, your career, your school, your relationships, whatever it is, take the time to celebrate yourself. And I think that's the most important thing that I can tell you to do. And it's just on this kick that I'm 
I'm just like on this weird celebrate yourself kick right now, but that's all the tips that I have today. Hopefully this was somewhat helpful. Um, I find all the things that I said to be helpful for my mental health. I know, especially if I have a more, uh, night routine, it helps me fall asleep. It helps me therefore sleep more and all the other things I said I've tried or I currently do, and it helps me. So hopefully you guys can implement that into your life and it helps you in some way. Please reach out to me and let me know if you guys have questions about anything I said or you want more information about something, or just let me know if you tried something and it worked. Like I said, I have merch on my website now. My website is sometimesinshamblespodcast.com. You can find all of the episodes, the episodes I'm trying to transcribe them now. Um, you can also reach out to me on Instagram. I've been kind of journaling a little bit on Instagram lately where I write about something specific that I'm struggling with or go into detail about something. So follow me on Instagram, reach out to me on Instagram. It is at sometimes in shambles. Also, I, I'm trying to be more active on Twitter. If Twitter is your jam and Instagram is not, at shamblespod, you can reach out to me on there. Start a conversation if you want. Thank you so much for listening. I am back for season two. Goodbye. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Sometimes in Shambles. The intro music was done by my friend Lucas Kathy, and the artwork was done by me, myself, Melissa. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.